You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, why don't we take a look at one of the more weird kind of rankings that I saw this past week. I get Isaiah Spiller is not everybody's cup of tea, and I get running backs don't matter, but Pro Football Focus said he wasn't even a top five running back going into next year's draft class, to which I say, (laughs) we're going to discuss that and much, much more. You can't get enough SEC talk. Don't worry, I got you covered right here at Locked on SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790. Make sure you're following Chris and the Locked on SEC podcast right here, part of the Locked on Podcast Network at iTunes, Spotify, or the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, before we begin any show, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man-related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, or listen on the Odyssey app. So Pro Football Focus is one of these apps, you know, it's one of these websites that I actually do use for charting. And they're very good at getting charting down, and they're very good at getting analogies and getting player comps and they're very good at you know finding out which players are actually finding having the most success in pass protection sets and rushing between the tackles and and really with the charting side they're great and then there's the hot take analysis side and uh, yeah I don't remember which guy it was I think it was I don't think it was Mike Renner but somebody from Pro Football Focus gave out their top five running backs for next season Isaiah Spiller was not on that list. You know who else wasn't on that list? Because I'll be honest here. I get Isaiah Spiller. But you know who else wasn't on that list? Brees Hall. I'm sorry. Brees Hall has been arguably the number one running back in college football, not named Najee Harris, the last two seasons. I mean, we're talking about a guy who probably could have had an argument right alongside Harris to be in that Heisman Trophy finalist presentation because of what he did for Iowa State. Neither was ranked in the top five, the top five of running backs going into next season. Number one was Auburn's Tank Bigsby. Number two was uh, Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. I get those two being in the top 10. I do. I get them even being in the top five. Number three was Kennedy Brooks. Nope. Already lost my, already up, already out. I'm out. Number four, Brian Robinson, who, again, was the secondary running back. Maybe he'll show up, but there's not enough information going into this year that says he's number four. And number five was Jerrion Early, who, again, I like Jerrion Early. Actually, a lot more than most people in the SEC do. But to say that Isaiah Spiller and Brees Hall, two of the most polarizing prospects, are not in your top five. What are we doing? Like, honestly, what are we doing? There's not enough at all to say, at least in my opinion, you can't say Brees Hall not being in there. Like, that's 100% you can't say that. And there's factual information that Brees Hall 
played better than any of those Big Ten running backs. By the way, if we're just going straight running backs as well, B. John Robinson from Texas. I know, I know, I know. You hate Texas. Boo! Guess what? B. John Robinson is a great running back. And he's arguably the number two running back in the state of Texas. Behind Isaiah Spiller. That's 100% happening. But, let's look at that. It just shows that so many people look in a certain direction when trying to scout running backs. Now again, we also got to talk about this as a whole. When we look at the running back position going into next season, I don't view it as just draft eligible guys. I view it as total players. Some of these names are not going to be draft eligible. Others are. Spiller is draft eligible. Hall is draft eligible. Vaughn was a freshman last year. Robinson was a freshman last year. And both of them really only had about two or three great games on the season before everything else happened. Like, 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 let's get that out of the way. It wasn't like these were exploding games of just pure pandemonium throughout the season like a Najee Harris was. We're talking about consistency. Deuce Vaughn had... Two 100 rushing yard games, three, three 100 rushing yard games. One against Texas, one against Baylor, and one against Texas Tech. One of those defenses was actually pretty decent in Texas. The rest were terrible. So there's not enough information where I can go with that. B. John Robinson, towards the end of the season, came on like a lightning rod. What did he do at the start of the year? Absolutely nothing. Zilch. So when comparing top running backs going into next season, and you look at a guy like Isaiah Spiller, somebody who consistently was putting up the numbers, driving the ball, finishing with over 1,000 total yards for the second straight year, and this first year as a 1,000-yard rusher, in an SEC COVID-19 season where the competition did not slow down. Not even top five. Not even top five. (laughs) Come on. Are we really going to do that? Like, are we really going to sit here and go, okay, he wasn't top five. He 100% was top five. He's 100% a top five running back going into next season. And there's a lot of good running backs in the SEC. I'm not going to take this away from Tank Bigsby. Bigsby's a good running back. I'm not going to take this away from Jerrion Early. I like Jerrion Early. And I've already said this. I like him more than most people in the SEC. Even though that you look at what the offense is out in Ole Miss at Oxford, I like him more than most people. I like Brian Robinson. Again, can't hate him. But to say that Isaiah Spiller is not there, to say Kevin Harris from South Carolina is not there, the guy led the dang SEC in rushing yards. Like, to say those two are not in the category because of, oh, this guy has a great first step and someone like Spiller has a great third step. Like, that's when analysis goes a little too deep. I'm looking at consistency. And consistently last season, in my opinion, two running backs in the SEC were the most consistent week in and week out. Spiller was the most consistent running back last season. He had three straight 1,000 rushing yard games, and he had six total in 10 games last year. Harris is close. He had 
one, two, three, four, five 100 plus games and two 200 plus games. One against Ole Miss, one against Kentucky. If you take out 100 yards from both those games, he has the most consistent 100 plus rushing yard games last year. Instead, he has two 200 rushing yard games. Something even Spiller didn't connect. You don't say, oh, upside. I look at production. Production wise, going into the next season, Isaiah Spiller is not only the number one running back in the SEC, he might be the most complete running back in the NFL draft circles. And we're going to break down exactly who are my top 10 running backs going into next season. But before we do that, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Now, you know the Built Bar code of the past, 18 different flavors, 100% up covered in real chocolate, soft and easy to chew, more like a candy bar. But the best thing of all is that they really are working. I am somebody who can tell you straight up just from using them every single day. I've seen progress in my weight. I've lost more weight and gained more muscle during the last five months because I start every day off with a peanut butter protein bar. It's low in sugar, low in, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. It's got 19 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, 180 total calories. There's not a product like this out on the shelves. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your very next purchase. That's LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, let's keep talking about these top 10 runbacks. <sighs> I mean, every single person has their own energy and which way somebody should lean. But I believe that my 10 might be the correct 10 going into next season on who are the top running backs. And I'm just going to do running backs in general. I'm not going to do draft eligible, you know, looking ahead, because that's not really fair. Some people won't declare, some people will. I'm just going to look straight up best running backs for next season. Number 10, I'm going to start off with one that PFF mentioned, just really high. I'm going to go with Candy Brooks. Candy Brooks for Oklahoma did have a good season last year, and he did do pretty well overall the last two years. If you combine it, he rushed for over 1,000 yards. He had 18 touchdowns in those two seasons. There's no question on the talent. As long as the opt-out decision doesn't affect him after sitting out last season. Because again, he didn't play last year. If he comes back, I think he can pick right up. He can. And you have to look at the running back position as a whole in Oklahoma. They've trusted the running backs to do a lot of work, even with talented quarterbacks in the room. So I have no doubt that if he chooses to come back, You'll be fine. But it's a big if. It is still a big if. Number nine is Tank Bigsby. I have no idea if Bo Nix is going to work. But the only way that I believe, for a fact, Auburn will be successful is if they trust their offense. Their defense is going to be fine. Every single season, you look at what their defense does, they always find a way to win. And they added Derek Mason as their new defensive coordinator. They're going to be okay. I have no doubt that they're not going to be okay. They're going to be in a really good spot. Offensively, you have to find success. And a guy like Tank Bigsby, somebody who has all the intangibles as a runner, somebody who has all the momentum, power, and elusiveness to be able to make plays out of the backfield, I even know that he doubt he can be something successful. He can be something very successful for Auburn. 
And if Bo Nix works out, well, guess what? You have two runners who can make a lot of plays for you left and right. Number eight, I'll go Deuce Vaughn. Listen, Vaughn is a guy who is trying to show that even though he's a little bit smaller, it's not about the size, it's about the speed. He's 5'5", 186 pounds, but he finished his freshman year with over 1,200 all-purpose yards. He had 100-plus rushing yards three different times. He had 80-plus receiving yards three different times. So he's a versatile player. In a league, especially in the Big 12, like, like let's just focus on the Big 12 for a second. The Big 12 is pass-happy. The Big 12 is offensive innovative. And defenses are basically there to play catch-up. That's why you see final scores at 55 to 54. That's why you see final scores at 67 to 48. They're blowouts because the defenses don't catch up. So a guy like Vaughn makes a lot of sense of being successful next year because of Chris Kleiman's offense is going to use him in a multitude of ways. It is going to be one that's used to make a ton of plays in both the pass and the run game. Unfortunately, with a team like you know A&M, they have guys. They've set guys. Isaiah Spiller's going to do this. Devon Aitchie's going to do this. Anaya Smith is going to do this. So I'm not sure you can say that. You can say that about Deuce Vaughn. Number seven, Jerion Ely. Simple. This is an offense that's built for him. This is an offense that is successful. And this is a guy who was a top MLB prospect who stands out on the baseball diamond, but also is effective on the gridiron. 700-plus rushing yards the past two seasons and combined since coming to Oxford. 2,400 all-purpose yards. He's consistently seeing snaps as the lead back. And Ely fits what Matt Coral and this offense is going to run next season. Lane Kiffin does not get enough praise for what he does with his offense. Last I checked, he also was an OC when a guy by the name of Derrick Henry... Won the Heisman Trophy. The last running back to do so, by the way. Let's also get that, that out of the way. Ely's not a Heisman contender, but he definitely has more upside than I think enough people are giving him credit for. Six, Kevin Harris. Why? I kind of explained it in the last segment. It's simple. He had two 200-plus rushing yards last season, and I have no idea what they're going to do at quarterback now with Shane Beamer. No idea. Like, we have no idea what South Carolina is going to be. But they lost Ryan Helinski. They lost some weapons offensively. They lost some guys defensively. They're a team that is definitely going to take a year to build. So what do you have to do? You have to trust the big burly back. 21 carries, 179 yards, and two touchdown, uh, four touchdowns in 2019. It exploded to 1,138 yards and 15 touchdowns in 2020. He's bigger, he's stronger, Shane Beamer is going to want to use him early and often. That's my guy. Number six. Number five, B. John Robinson. Robinson's another name. He came on strong towards the season's end. He's somebody who I think a lot of people are not considering because of, oh, well, you know how it is. Steve Sharkeesian loves to pass the ball. Yeah, he does. He absolutely does love to pass the ball. You know what else he did? He just worked the last two years with Najee Harris, and Najee Harris had 11 receiving touchdowns, but he also had better numbers statistically than a guy by the name of Derrick Henry, who won the Heisman in less time, 
in fewer games. The production of B. John Robinson will be very important to Texas's success under Steve Sarkeesian. He finished last year with 733 total scrimmage yards. He scored six times. That's a lot to like, but there's a lot more to build off of. Four, I'm going to surprise you guys with this one. Nobody's going to get this one. Sincere McCormick, UTSA. Anybody who does not believe that Sincere McCormick is a special player, you are surely wrong. Because McCormick led all group of five programs. 1,467 yards, 20 receptions, helped UTSA post a winning record. They're returning all five stars on the offensive line. He rushed for 983 yards, caught 24 passes, and had a total of, I think it was 10 touchdowns last year. And that was building off of a freshman year in which he had, I believe, 12 touchdowns. Jeff Trailer, nobody's going to talk about the Roadrunners. And that's okay. They're the Roadrunners. You will talk about Sincere McCormick. He has been nothing but special since coming out of UTSA. Number three. This is tough, but I'm going to go with Zamir White from Georgia. Again, JT Daniels is exactly what I think everyone wanted Jake Fromm to be. And if there's any team this year that has a shot of winning it all in the SEC and dethroning Bama, it's Texas A&M and it's Georgia. Last season, he had 779 rushing yards, the most of his career. He's yet to reach 1,000, but... He's a consistent red zone target. He scored more significantly in the red zone 11 times last year than any other player in the SEC not named Najee Harris. Most of the big-time runs from Kevin Harris were big-time runs. 40, 50, 35 yards, touchdowns. Guy was consistent in the red zone. You need that at the line of scrimmage. Zamir White has that. Especially with George Pickens tearing his ACL, I'm not sure what to make of Georgia's offense right now, but I definitely know for a fact that Georgia's offense is better because you have Zamir White. Number two, let's get kill some people, Isaiah Spiller. I like Isaiah Spiller more than anybody else out there. The reason why I don't think the semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award will be the number one guy is because of Devon A. Chain. The greatest gift a team can have is two consistent running backs. And you kind of saw that last year with Brian Robinson, and you saw that with Najee Harris in Alabama. You have that Texas A&M. A&M has your lead back in Spiller, and you have your change of pace back in Devon A-Chain. And it also allows Anaya Smith to open up and be more of that gadget player. But he even will get carries. So it's going to hurt the carries a little bit. But again, all freshman team, 946 yards, 10 touchdowns, the only running back with over 600 rushing yards. Last season, over 1,000 yards, 9 touchdowns. So 19 touchdowns in, in, what is it, 22 games? Not a bad start. I believe he is the best running back in the SEC, hands down. Not even a question. He's better than Kevin Harris, and he's more consistent than Kevin Harris. But there's one guy who is a little bit better, and that is Brees Hall from Iowa State. Hall has wasted no time. Zilch. Making himself one of the best running back prospects over the last three years. He has. And now he has an opportunity to show off why he is the number one running back. Keep in mind, Brock Purdy, Charlie Kohler, 
coming back. Matt Campbell's offense, going to be looking pretty good. There's a lot to really like about the Cyclones. But what you really got to like is much like Isaiah Spiller, averaged 5.5 yards per touch, had one more touchdown, uh, one more touchdown in 2019. Last season, 5.8 yards per play, 23 touchdowns. Hall, the All-American running back, has the opportunity to be the first running back to, I think, since Derrick Henry actually be a contender for the Heisman. I think Spiller is right there. But is based off of what I've seen, Hall takes the cake. Listen, a lot of you are probably mad that I didn't put Isaiah Spiller number one. But what you could do is you could go to betonline.ag and place the odds that he will lead the country in rushing yards for 2021. And when the season's over, rub it in my face. Just make sure you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust, betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best bets, the best buyouts, and the best wagers every single time you follow them on social media because they're quick and up-to-date with their social media tags at BetOnline underscore AG. You can literally bet on anything, and they will take it, and you will get a percentage back. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action. Go visit BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to have a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. With 25 minutes of your day, you can get caught up on everything in the sporting world. All you have to do is listen to the new Locked On Today show, hosted by Peter Bukowski. Peter and his crew break down all breaking news for every major American sport, plus everything going on internationally. Follow them on Spotify, iTunes, or the Odyssey app, or honestly, wherever you get your podcast listening systems. We're going to end the show today not with Texas A&M, and I know that today's show has not been really all Texas A&M. It's been more so a broader perspective of college football, but I've seen a lot of success with this, and I really want your opinion. College football is transitioning. It is becoming a game that I feel like people don't have enough of. Honestly, when you really think about it, and this is not me, this is just, this is just straight up facts. If college football, or football in general, was year-round, numbers would be great. They wouldn't be stellar in the spring. There'd be people who'd be like, eh, I don't really want to watch that team, but they still get numbers. I know this because I've worked with the AAF, and I helped with the XFL. There were numbers. Do you want to know where else there's numbers? The FCS playoffs. Sam Houston State, right here in Texas, We'll take on South Dakota State on Sunday for the FCS National Championship. The numbers in the FCS playoffs, in the 16-game playoffs, have rounded up and have blown way out of the sky. Anything that we saw from what they were doing back when this was being played in November and December. Those numbers have expanded because of its football. So I bring this to your attention. If the FCS would have football in the spring, would you be entertained? Consistently. And what I mean by consistently is not that I don't think that it can work in the fall anymore, because it definitely can. I mean, we've seen it work in the fall. But you're going to watch all 9, 10 games of FCS and then the playoffs. You're not just going to watch those 16 teams. You're going to watch consistently these games. You're going to have a secondary team. So anyone who knows me, uh, my girlfriend, Kirsten, went to Sam. 
we are big rooting for the Bearcats this weekend. But again, I can tell you right now, I watched maybe two games of Sam Houston during the regular season in the spring. Why? Well, it's hard to find those games on television. And number two, I didn't really care. But now that I've watched their playoff games against North Dakota State and that epic win, by the way, if you really missed that game on ABC, you missed an incredible comeback against James Madison. I'm interested in Sam. Sam Houston State is interesting to me. They are a team that I look at and go, okay, I actually think Casey Keeler and some of these programs, they're not FBS level yet, but we've seen programs make the jump. Appalachian State made the jump. Coastal Carolina just made the jump. You're starting to see these programs. I think Arkansas State even made the jump a few years ago. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that. But I know Appalachian State and Coastal Carolina did. Both are successful. One of them has transformed two programs, one in the SEC and one in the ACC with their head coach. Scott Satterfield and Eli Drinkwitz. Spring football works if the fan is involved. I will say that as somebody who is a consumer of the product, I cannot get enough of football year-round. I can't. I literally could watch it every single Saturday, every single Sunday, from now until the end of time. And I would cover it if I could. God, I would love to cover the FCS level and cover the NFL and cover college football. I think it'd be great. But do most fans like it? Tell me, how many games have you watched this season of FCS football? Because there is now a rumor that FCS could move officially to the spring. If that's the case, are you intrigued? Because a lot of players opted out this season because they did not want to risk hurting their NFL careers for it. Kay Johnson at South Dakota State, Dylan Radunes at North Dakota State, Trey Lance, a top three pick. They opted out. It's a risk, but it's one that has paid off for several and one that hurt others. Is it a risk worth taking? And if so, do you buy in to it being what is needed? Are you all in on a spring football league being the FCS? Because eventually there will be a spring league. A consistent one. Maybe it's not the AAF, maybe it's not the XFL, but there will be one. Is the FCS it? And did you enjoy that? Love to know your comments. Love to hear your thoughts. Let me know today, tomorrow. We'll share it sometime on Friday. That's good over this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking about the top 10 defenses in college football. There was a report out there. I would love to get to know your opinion on the top 10 defenses and where Texas A&M ranks. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, take them, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.